So it's well, hello, r- darkness. It's good to see you once again to for, podcast to podcast here to the, again to the MC Curious. The MCs and the MC Curious. I noticed we got one more MC today. I have. There have been. A, I don't know how you're counting them, but I will say that there have been uh, a number of folks who have, after hearing us say that it's a burgeoning social movement of two, have said, and I and I think it was either last week or the week before, I said something about count. We can count uh, them amongst our ranks. And people have texted or messaged me or something and said, like, count me amongst that. Oh, ranks. okay. So you have, to, I have, uh, the only one I know about is Saigon Sam. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, indeed. Saigon Sam. Uh, from F3 Jacksonville, who yep. said, I'm all in on the burgeoning MC movement and drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> F3 Big Mac. Big Mac. Uh, is from also, Clover, South Carolina. Yep, yep. Said, started listening to Minivan Centurion I would call him curious. Man, that's some good stuff to get you motivated on the way to work. But Boom. this is what I see in my head. But and it's the it's the scene from oh, right. Spider Man. If you saw that, I, uh, I don't remember which Spider Man it was, but Spider Man. There's this one part where a, a ship, I think, like some kind of like a ferry boat or something, gets cut down the middle by oh, some laser okay. from a bad guy. And, and Spider Man holds it together. You know, yeah, slings a web on this side, one on this side, and kind of is, is pulled apart in the middle. And, you know, he, he manages to pull it all together. But okay, so uh, I'm going to say that's spoiler good. alert: the good guys win. I, I'm going to say that's. That's solid stuff. It is. No, it's good. We have, uh, it's burgeoning. It may or may not be be beyond uh, a population of two, but it is a burgeoning social movement of two. Who knows how many are really in it? There may be some. It's uh, impossible to know. uh, There may be some MCs. uh, Guarantee it. You know, uh, this past weekend, I was in Thurman, Virginia. No, Thurman, Ohio. Okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, for, the, for the uh, first Cadre Academy for F three, yep, for our GTE program. And, yeah. So uh, this is uh, for those uninitiated. Uh, we have in the past typically used former special forces soldiers and, and or the like to run training events for us uh, in F three, and uh, we found that uh, we needed more trained folk. And we decided to open it up and say, you don't have to be, you don't have to have prior military experience necessarily even. Right. We, we want you to come and to learn what there is to learn to be, to accelerate your leadership, be better men. And for those of you who have not been to uh, Thurman, Ohio, you would be surprised to learn you were not in West Virginia. <laughs> I was going to say, Thurman, Ohio sounds like a, a thriving metropolis. It's not. Huh. Uh, it's one and a half hours south of Columbus, Ohio. You fly into Columbus and then... Get in a vehicle and drive south, and it's very hilly. Okay. There's a uh, there's a lot of hills. It's very rural. Uh huh. Very rural community. Uh, a lot of hunting and fishing and four wheeling. Uh, yeah, a lot yeah. of gators. Uh, good living. Yeah, good, man. good country living. Yeah, up so, in the Ohio. Uh, it was cool. Uh, enjoyed it very much. Um, anyway, uh, at one point we did this little thing we called watch and emote. So we showed no. showed the guys that. It was, this was my job. Showed them a short video, mm-hmm. and then allowed them to emote about it. And the short video was a video you've probably seen called "First Follower." The 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 dancing idiot the on dance, the hill. Dancing idiot on the hill in a um, Naturally, fish concert or something. I, I don't know. What it was. Something like some, that. Some outdoor concert or other. And uh, there's just a bunch of people sitting on a hilltop watching this uh, some kind of jam band, and one guy gets it in his head to start dancing, and he does it for. 10 30 seconds whatever and he it's, gets he gets a first follow it feels like forever when you're just watching that right. one idiot dance one idiot dance but, a dancing idiot i always 
You used I'm, to have that as your byline. I did. You know, right. I, I like the idea. So the, then, then he's joined by his first follower. Right. And the, it's the anatomy of a movement. How that leadership is overrated, according to the narrator. Thinks some kind of TED talk said that really it's the, yeah, first, the follower first follower is super important. So that's you. Hey, here we are. You're the first MC Curious. I walked up to some dancing fool on a hill and yeah. said, "Brother, I don't really know what you got going on here, right, but it looks right. like fun. May I join you?" Yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So I was thinking of that. Yeah. Uh, this like that. weekend. Yeah. When we uh, watched and emoted about that. I'm <laughs> when you say emoted, I think to myself like uh, we sat around and cried or something. Like that's what oh, I, I thought you could say like diarrhea, like emodium. No, 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 that's different. No, yeah. emote, emotion of whatever. Like, how does it make you feel? How does yeah, that make yeah. you feel? Yeah. How do you feel inside? Right. But I, like, if I was going to emote, I think in my mind, I would demonstrate that. I'd be like, it makes me feel. And then I would, <laughs> I would begin dancing, perhaps. You would be an emoticon. Let's <laughs> 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 roll the opening. Good idea. And, and we're, we're back. back. We're putting the band back together. What would you say you do here? We're on a mission from God. Who is the minivan centurion? He's not simply a husband, father, and a good neighbor, although he is all of those things. He's also the coarse twine that holds the fabric of our community together, fighting to keep us united in the face of those who would split us apart. Most importantly, the Minivan Centurion is the special trustee of the legacy of liberty, which has been passed through generations of tired and bloody hands, from the original men who first founded and then fought to build this nation. The Minivan Centurion is you. He's me. He's every man who lives third, holds the middle, and seeks to stay in the fight. And it's good to be back. It is good to be back. So we just dropped... Chapter 14, 13, 13, 13, sounds right, which is entitled Meteorologist Jim. Yes, Meteorologist Jim. Yeah. And you don't use a last name, but I don't know how it could be more obvious who you're talking about. Well, I I think you're reading into it. Oh, perhaps. (laughs) It's just this is a meteorologist on the Weather Channel named Jim. We'll call him... Jim. We could call him anything. We could call him anything, but his name is freaking Jim. But the point of meteorologist (laughs) Jim is that uh, he's a guy that, you know, he's a meteorologist, right? So he predicts the weather. Right. And And presumably, because he is on television, on a national network, he must be at least reasonably competent at doing so. Fair? I have no reason to believe he's not. No reason to believe Although, I'm not, to me, meteorology is one of those things like, I don't know how you, I mean, like. <laughs> well, I mean, as a guy, it's nobody, there's no really way to assess it, right? I mean, I mean, that's kind of one of the big jokes of our culture, right? That we say all the time. It's like, oh, if I, if I could get paid to be wrong that often, you know, like, you just, uh, you know, I mean, you I can make a guess. I can remember, I think, fifth grade when they taught us about the weather mm-hmm. and different kinds of clouds and like what the barometer meant. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to do, like, for a month, I think we had to, like, take temperature readings and stuff. Anyway. Uh, now we have the Doppler and we have radar. Right. I guess Doppler very fancy. Radar. Very fancy. Um, yeah. But you know, it gets predicted with reasonable certainty. Sure. Though not perfectly because the well, weather is impossible. chaotic. Right. But the point of meteorologist Jim is he exceeds 
the actual weather uh, interpretation and reporting thereof. I mean, in your estimation, a meteorologist is there to read the instruments, make a prediction, and to report said prediction to an audience. Yeah. And that and and there would be a yellow line drawn there. For instance, I get up in the morning I, for a workout, I look at the weather app. Right, right, sure. And it tells me if it's going to rain, it right. tells me what the temperature is, and it, it, tells, it tells you what the temperature feels, feels like. like. <laughs> and really, that's all the information I need. Sure. Now, now, if you were curious about what might be happening later in the day, you may take look. a little scroll down there, right? right? Sure. If, it, if the thing also said, and thus you shall not go outside, I'd say... Weather app. Thanks, weather app. I'll make my own decisions, right? Right. So this is the point of meteorologist Jim. As I was watching him one day, this was several years ago, maybe even ten years ago, and it was a hurricane. And that's of course where the Weather Channel. Oh man, folks. Yeah. yeah. You know that's their. It's like Christmas. It's that's their that's their big deal, right? Yeah. So uh, he was talking about this particular storm that was encroaching upon the shores of North Carolina, where we where I live. Yeah, we'll call it Hurricane Jim. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it was. <laughs> Anyway, he exceeded the uh, just the reporting of it, right? Like the prediction of when it would make landfall and the degree to, mm-hmm. of its fury, and he started castigating people who apparently were going to ride it out. Well, yeah, because I mean, first it was like you you need to leave, you you should sure. leave, you must leave, right? And then found that well, there were some who said, "Thanks, weather app," you know, "Thanks, weatherman," right? But I'm I've done this for thirty years. I'm sure uh, we'll figure it out. I'm right. okay. Right. Uh, and whether or not their decision was a good decision or a bad decision, the point of this particular chapter is it is their decision. Right. It is their decision. So it doesn't matter what Jim thinks. Yeah. Well, it only matters. He is there to give advice, and you can take it. Fair. Okay. He he actually his role is to provide you with information that he is uniquely qualified to obtain and provide. So is Jim overstepping when he says you should leave? Yes, very much okay. so. Because you very much so. Yeah. Um, but he actually, I'm gonna let me uh, take that one step backwards. It's not that so much that he says you should leave. I'm actually okay with that. Okay, that's that's I'm wondering. Yeah. He said that he says you are wrong if you don't leave. That you're irresponsible yes. if you don't leave. Yeah, that, you're, you, that you're a bad person. You're doing the wrong thing, right. and you're and you're causing other people problems. And, and he gets angry about yeah. it. He gets angry about it. I can't believe how stupid you are yeah, for staying. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, which I and I believe that not to pick on poor meteorologist Jim, because he are seems you sure? Cause it, <laughs> well, he seems like I kind of like his style actually. Oh, okay. Right. I mean, um, I mean this uh, hypothetical meteorologist. Yeah. Named I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah, I just I, but I think that we have a, a cult of expertise or a cult of the expert in America yeah. right now, where we delegate very basic decisions to a distant expert who we don't really know, who we self-proclaim. So, I mean, it's a fairly basic decision to decide whether to go outside. Sure. It's a fairly basic decision to decide whether or not to evacuate your house. I'm not saying it's a small decision. No. But it's but it but it's but it's basic and it's yours. Right. I would say if it was me, depending on where I was and what my house is built of and that right. sort of thing, it might be a good idea. That's right. I mean, you know, but that's I, I gotta figure that out. Uh, yeah, you gotta figure that out. And and if I was a farmer, and this is the example I think I use, yeah, living, you know, on the coastline in North Carolina, been there all my life, and I was my father and his father before him raised, you know, farm that land. Right. 
been a lot of hurricanes, and I know that in the immediate aftermath of the hurricane, it's very important that I'm here. And uh, because of that, I've decided that I'm going to ride it out. It's better for me. I'm assessing that risk. Is it also, is there an element, I mean, I know you don't really necessarily address this in the chapter, uh, but, you, you know, it's possible too, right, that that said farmer, uh, maybe his house and his life, maybe, he, maybe he's built it hurricane-proof. Who knows? Right? Right. So I, I, how am I supposed right. to tell him? Maybe he's got a generator. Maybe yeah. he's got, Maybe he's know, got an underground bunker. Who, who the that, Who knows, knows right? right? But the whole point to me is like, it's not your role, man. Right, and that's what I'm right. saying. Like until, because decisions need to be made, at least the way that I've been taught by certain very wise uh, people, <clears throat> you uh, and others, I suppose. But uh, but the, the decision ought to be made in the place that is most proximate to the problem. Right. That's right. Right, and in this case, the most proximate to the problem is my house. My so decision. I ought to decide. My decision. Right. Yeah. Now there's a couple things that couple get, get coupled with that because mm-hmm. uh, I think that. Uh, the legit question would be, and I think I credit this question um, to Tom to Tim Watson. To, <laughs> almost said his or, real name, or whoever. Tim Watson. I think Tim Watson <laughs> says, "Tim, go ahead and uh, edit that." Tim Watson. That. Tim Watson says, "Yeah, but Dread, he's an expert." Right. To which I respond, "Yeah, he's an expert in reading the in, Doppler yeah, in the weather, not an expert." in risk assessment, we are all our own experts in that. Yeah. We have to be. That's you, that's you can't agency. Be. That's agency. But you can't be. You don't have the same information and the same education that I have. Right. Well that that would be the what the expert would say. Right. But you know, that's how you urge some so for instance, I give advice all day long. I'm a lawyer, right? Right. So I'm giving legal counsel. But it's not my decision to make. I don't you know, if somebody comes to say, should I file this lawsuit or not? It's like, here's Oh yeah. Pot, probable result. Here's what it'll cost you. Here's you know, right. Uh, expected likelihood of mm-hmm. events, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have to decide. I give you the choices that you have, right? And then you have to decide. And you can ask me what would you do. You could ask me, you know, what do you? And I, I'll tell you all that stuff, right? Oh, but no, ultimately, I, you know, I don't tell you and then say because uh, I will. I say I think all things based on what you're saying. This is what I would do. And if you say no, I'm not going to do that. I don't say get the hell out you of my idiot. office. Idiot! <laughs> right? How stupid can you be? That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, some doctors did this in COVID. It's like we think you should wear masks, and masks are important. And I'm like, uh, whatever. I, I'm not sure I agree with you, and they get pissed. Right. I'm a doctor, right? Like, don't you know who I am? Okay, and and the and, and this is where the the weather thing and the mask thing kind of collide, which is, yeah, but you're putting other people at risk, right? Right. So. For the weather guy, for meteorologist Jim, he says, "Yeah, but you say, you say, right? That but when the six-foot storm surge comes, people are going to have to rescue you, and that comes to the concept of waiver, right? So you can't have agency unless you're willing to accept the consequences of having made that decision, right? So if I say I'm going to ride out the storm, and then turns out I made a bad decision, right?" I can't get on the horn and be demanding to be rescued. No, but people will come. Now that's kind of up to them, right? right? But that's, they could leave you too, right? They could leave you. I mean, you made the decision, right? Okay. You know, I mean, that's a tough one. I actually don't think it is, but I mean, I see why people say it. I think it is tough. I think it's tough. I think it's tough uh, from the perspective of 
Well, you know what? Now that I'm starting to kind of let it noodle in my head a little bit, I was going to say, I think it's tough from the perspective of the rescuer. But at the same time, like, ain't nobody forcing me to jump nope. in a car and go get that dude. Nope. I do it because I look and I go, well, I can't not do it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you, and there's a difference between taking the risk to go rescue someone. Sure. Who may or may not have had made a bad decision. Um, and, and. Um, being forced to do so. Yeah, I was just saying, right? yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm talking about the force. Right. I, I, I mean, and that's the big difference is that there's, in that situation, there's agency all the way across, right? right? Right. From the guy who stayed to the guy who goes to the. Right. And, and, and I, I've intentionally chose this pretty drastic example. Right. You know, because, uh, I mean, most of us are not going to be in a hurricane situation. But no. But we are going to be in these series of very small situations where we delegate our agency right. to experts. We give it away. Is, look, we do it all the time. All the time. All the time. And and there's consequences all the way across. And that's the you know, it's like we teach our kids the same thing, right? Yep. You know? I and my kids <laughs> this is not a I'm a great parent. This is just sort of like it kind of happened this way and we were like look how great look at look at what good parents we are right. <laughs> you know, when it was just like right. an accident. But we've actually never grounded our kids. Like it's just never come up because we've always just sort of felt like the natural consequence was plenty. Right. And in most cases it was for them in the things that they did. And so we kind of, you know, they were like they've come to us and said like, "Man, I, you know, if you'd have piled on it wouldn't necessarily have helped." Because I, you know, this pain was was plenty. But we we told them, like, you know, well, I can't. Or they say things like, well, we can't do that. I guess you don't want us to do that. And we're like, you can do whatever you want, man. But understand that you can't you can't make the choice and then be reject the consequences. Bereft. Yeah, you can't just say, well, right. I don't know, I'm not going to. Agency is uh, comes with consequences. Yeah, and and usually the the result the resulting consequence should be plenty for you to learn whether or not you should have made that choice right so uh you know in the chapter three dots about the sonogram mm -hmm. um my wife makes fun of me because i questioned the the nurse right she said you know uh three lines rather right she said, it's three lines i was like she's like it's a girl i was like are you sure about that <laughs> and my wife's like what are you crazy what are you asking about? you know it's like i ultimately yeah, bowed yeah. to her expertise to be able to read the sonogram sure. which i didn't have in the same way i can't read the doppler but if she had crossed over the line and said and this is how you should raise a daughter i'd say nah not so fast yeah let's that's going to be going to need to pump the brakes there right. sonogram Jim. now one of uh my daughters before she was born the nurse probably maybe a doctor i can't remember exactly who called us in and said there's some kind of gene twist in the chromosomes of this child and she has some risk of and she told us yeah, whatever, developing some some other thing you know, there's like things about her and affected her mental development and um I, so i said why are you why are you telling us this yeah well so you know and i said what do you expect us to do with this information well, you know, then you can know whether or not you want to terminate. Right, or, that's what she, yeah. she was, and she wouldn't say it. Right, but oh, know. she wouldn't even come out and say it. Wouldn't come out and say it, but I'm like, well, I appreciate you, but I, you know, yeah, that doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, that oh, is, yeah, that so, is, yeah. Right. they asked us about a lot of those. Like, do you want to test for this? Do you want to test for that? And we were like, uh, is it, do, does that have? And and legitimately, like, you know, because we're dumb kids, this yeah. first kid, right? right. You know, and, and we were like, does that? Will that have some bearing on how you deliver the child? Yeah. 
like legitimately I'm not trying to be a smarty pants, right? And they're like, well, no, no. Oh, okay. Well, no, you, you don't need right. to test any right. of that stuff. I don't like could not compute. Right. Yeah. All right. So the problem if you take somebody's agency away mm-hmm. is you turn them into an involuntary fathead. Explain. Well, you know, fathead is someone who uh, has no oh, they, right. you know, personal comfort. Yes. They don't, I got you. Right, they don't take responsibility for anything. Yeah. So if you, well, if because you, he's relinquished. He, he's just you, turned all over. If you, if you take it, right, he's so an you, involuntary fathead. That's what I was saying. So right. in, in the case of fathead, he's just said, I'm not making it. I'm not, making I'm not doing it. Well, you yeah. know, whatever, whoever yells aloud is such a Path of least resistance right. sounds great. If, in if, this case, you're. Meteorologist Jim says leave, I'm leaving. Eh, fine. Right. Yeah. Forget about livestock. Forget about, the, right. you know, whatever. I'm just out of here. <laughs> I'll leave my family right. too. That's, That's right. Whatever. That's right. And then, you know, problem is meteorologist Jim is not responsible for any of those things. Right. Right. Yeah. He made this recommendation. Right. But he's not held responsible he's for it. He's not responsible. That's yeah. why I say meteorologist Jim, yeah. you need to stop at. You can make a recommendation. Right. Fine. But when you start cajoling people and right. being angry at them for not following it well you know it's their it's their house it's their property that's right. at issue right. not yours but but the people are going to have to help me clean it up later no, well, not. they no, don't not. have to <laughs> they may choose to they don't they, yeah they don't have to i mean yeah. it's kind of kind of be you know yeah. that that if we if we devolve into a society where all decisions are centrally made right and no decisions are made elsewhere those are non-proximate decisions almost by ver- definition going to be bad decisions yeah because they it's <laughs> with so many unknown factors it's almost impossible right. for them to be anything but right you know i i don't even want i would never want my clients just to do what i told them to do like if a client said to me i'll just do whatever you say i'm like well i won't say then yeah, right. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not, staying out yeah, of that. <laughs> I'm staying out of that. You know, well, I'm not staying out of it. I'm in it, but I'm your yeah, counselor. No, yeah, yeah. I'm your advisor. I tell you things that you wouldn't know because you're not a lawyer. Right. And then you take that information to make the best decision that you can well, make. Well, I remember. Which, I mean, you but know, you have to make it. As you are my attorney, I don't mind saying that. But, uh, you know, we, we, we went through that. We had to go and ask some people to follow through on some things that they said they were going to do. Yeah. And you, you laid out very clearly to me. Uh, what those consequences might look like, right. and never once said, "If it was me, this is what." You, actually, you might you might have even said, "Like, what well, you know?" I'll tell in, a guy. You, know, so you might have said, "Like, sitting in your seat, maybe I do this, but let me tell you what it would look like." Right. But you never said, "Like, this is what you're going to do." No, I never, never, never said that. Never. I, I will say, although I wouldn't use, I didn't used to be willing to say this, but I will say, here's what I think you should do. And I, I, I think, like, you, if I give somebody, yeah, three, you may if, have said that to me. If I give somebody three choices, you know, I don't say. And they say, well, which one is, is, is the best under these circumstances? I don't say, I won't tell you. I say, I think choice two is. Yeah. But here's, but here, but you also say, here's the, here's what comes right. out of that. That's right. Here's the, the ultimate end of what that would look like. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I, I think what we've gotten into in America is this deal where we have delegated so much yeah. to experts that the experts themselves get pissed off if they feel like they, you're trying to maintain they've your been agency. told they're special so i you know i heard a a um this guy running for virginia governor of virginia the guy who said that he didn't think parents had a say in their oh, yeah, children's yeah, yeah. education yeah parents should not be allowed to be in here tell like, us what yeah, to do it's, you know they they shouldn't have a say in it yeah and uh i think a lot of parents are like well okay if you say so like, right my my child's education is my responsibility right. not yours <laughs> You you work for me, but we have a system where and and you know I my wife and I have talked about this a number of times where it, whether it's the school 
candidly in in some places whether it's the church you know we have we have outsourced as parents we have outsourced our responsibility to a lot of folks and sometimes it's a judicious you know it's a call we make right, right. i assume that certain teachers know more about algebra than i do and i want my kid to know algebra so okay cool take algebra well i think this is where the confusion lies like with that issue you just said it's good because uh, you know there was a pushback against that guy running for governor who said right. that and uh i was like whoa so you want would you say a sur- like a, somebody should uh, patients to tell a surgeon how to how to operate i'm like right so two different things really uh, yeah so it's like i'm not it's not that i would be in the classroom telling the teacher now say this now say that it would just be i have i have agency with respect to what you're teaching my child right if there's a subject that I find objectionable, or the subject you're not teaching, I think I'm gonna, I, I have the right to say something. I have the obligation to say something. In the same way that the surgeon just doesn't say, well, you know, uh, while you were out, I know I was, I was only taking out your appendix, but I went ahead and gave you, you know, a vasectomy That's I, yes, to go yes, with it. I was just right? going to say. Like, I'm <laughs> like, well, I don't want to. I didn't want a vasectomy. I'm He's an like, expert. He says, well, you- well, listen, there's too many, we have too many people around. I say, you shouldn't be reproducing. There's too many people. <laughs> And so I That's gave so you fun, yeah. I gave you a vasectomy because there's so many people, and right. if we're gonna have people reproducing. You're not one we would want to reproduce. I mean, to me, that's the same thing, and it's, it, it'd be the same as me, you know, calling a client on the phone and say, "Oh, by the way, I filed a complaint on your behalf today." And they're like, "Wait a minute, what do you?" It's like, "Yeah, well, nah, I, yeah." I, I felt sure that you were gonna right. think this at some point, so I want. You know. Well, it needs to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I just uh, it needs to be done. You're so I one. just did it for you. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's but that's kind of where we're heading. Yeah, and, and as these examples sound ridiculous, but you know uh, that that's what happens if you give up if you give up agency right. and you give away your you turn right, over you, right. because that's you know and I don't know that I would classify it obviously as a radical notion, but you want to talk about a certain you know when we talk about inalienable rights or inalienable things that came from God that are self evident like. Right. The fact that a person, that is one of the big differences, you know, we were talking earlier, I was like, what, what, frontal cortex and opposable thumbs? But no, I forgot. Yeah, I guess Neanderthals had that too, right? But, you know, one of the big differences between us as upright walking human beings and the rest of the the animal world is we we make conscious choices like that, that are thought through and, and weigh risk and reward. Most, I mean, right? I mean, that kind of a... Well, if you believe that God made all the beasts of the earth and God implanted the impulse in a dog to align himself with humans and to eat when he was hungry and procreate, you know, when the dog, whatever, whatever dog thoughts they have. Dogs have very few choices, right? I mean, dogs, sure. They're, it's almost, I'm thinking wild animals, but yeah, yeah, wild animals, same thing. Yeah. But, but man has, has been given the power of reason. Right. Okay. Maybe that's, yeah. And, and if you think about, if God, like I used to, I wonder before I believed in God, I said, why don't, if God exists, why doesn't he just make me believe? Right. Like I couldn't get my arms around that idea. Yeah. It's, it's like, so I don't believe in God. I have friends who do, and they're telling me it's free will, but why? Right. Why? Why, why not just why, why? force it? And the answer is agency. Right. It's inherently human. Like you have to make your own decision. Yeah, that's what I, wh- yes. Whether or not to believe in a God or the form of God that uh, whatever denomination, yeah, that, that, whatever it right, is, you know, yeah. you have to make that decision. Yeah. It's, a, it's a you decision. But I, I think it's, there is a strong tendency of human beings, despite having the power of reason 
and the natural inclination to, to exert agency, there is a strong inclination above human beings to subject themselves to tyranny. Yeah, well, it's easier. Because it's Making easier. Making decisions is hard. Because it's easier. You know, it would be easier, right, to kind of drift along, right? Yeah. Do you have any idea? I know you do because you have the same tendencies, right? I would love to just sit on the couch and, and be comfortably numb. And comfortable, you know, saying right. eat ding dongs or Your lips or move, Twinkies or but whatever. I can't hear what you say. <laughs> My right? hands I felt mean, just like two balloons. I mean, that's so, a, I mean, I quote that song in the yeah, chapter. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Because the opposite would be to be un- uncomfortably sentient. To be all the time, all the time to be aware. So, you know, comfortably, you know, comfortable numbness is very, (sighs) is very alluring. Plug me back in to the matrix. I I know this steak that I'm eating isn't real, right? but man, just plug me back in. I want to remember nothing. Uh, Make me somebody important. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You gotta add that to the bumper. I forgot about that. Yeah, add that to the bumper. Make me somebody important. Yeah, I know it's not real. I know it's just a construct, but tastes so good. But tastes so good. Because because a life of making your own decisions is difficult, and there'll always be somebody out there who gets his jollies off telling you what to do. And uh, in this case, that that jolly getter is is meteorologist Jim, and my response to meteorologist Jim is. No thanks, man. Right. I, I'm, I, yeah. I'm no thanks. Good. I'm I'm good. Yeah. I'd I'm good. I, I'd, I'd rather get wet than than have you tell me what to do. Now, is it wise to ignore good counsel? No. No. I, is it is it a good thing to 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 ride out a hurricane? I'm going to say probably not. But that's why I chose that example. Depends on who you are and what. Right. But yeah, no, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. That's why I cho- that's why I specifically yeah. chose yeah. that example because it's it's complicated and nuanced. Right. And that's the that's the compromise journey we're on, right? It's the compromise journey. So something comes across your path, uh, and you have to say for yourself whether or not this is right or wrong. So something that's been in the news lately, which I, for some reason this just just struck me wrong as wrong. Yeah, is there's this this kid, this guy who's a was a very very successful swimmer at the University oh, of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I, I in fact, if he was, we were gonna, he was second team All American. Uh-huh. As a man right. competing with men in 2019, I don't think they competed in 2020 because of COVID. And right. He came back this year as a woman, uh-huh. and of course he's wins Blowing every the doors on. Yeah. He's like wins every race by 30 seconds. He's breaking all these records right. and uh, just just crushing everybody. And my question was, when I read this, it struck me as so odd. You know, not so much that this guy's going to do it because it's a message that he's getting from the culture. Sure, and, sure. And it really didn't even strike me as odd that the coach of 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 University of Pennsylvania swim girls swim team well, was like, "Well, yeah, I mean, I we're going to we're going to crush everybody. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> I might post, get a raise. <laughs> I'll post the W's." And apparently, the school is telling him to go along with this. So he's sure. like, yeah, "I got cover." So, but but my question is twofold. Yeah. Why are the coaches on the other teams going along with it? Oh, yeah. Question A. I'd just be like, yeah, we'll, right. we'll forfeit. We're not interested. But where are the fathers of these girls on the other teams who he's smoking? Or the girls on the team itself? Really, in some sense, outside of the girls that I've seen that have said something to this point, where the hell is everybody? Where is everybody? Where is everybody? Right. Well, so like you and I have no direct skin in this game. Sure, sure. No, we're just bystanders. Casual but, observer. But doesn't University of Pennsylvania, when they go and swim against Cornell, and you're a girl who spent 
I mean, I, I don't really, my daughters didn't do this, but I mean, I, I've heard that you have to like get up at 4 a.m. and sure. get to oh, yeah. practice I see them when every I go to the day pool. at great expense. I see them. And you have to get to cold water every morning. Mm-hmm. And you do this from childhood. Well, I was going to say, at that point, right? So they're wherever they are in uh, uh, in college, right? right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, in terms of year, right? So let's say that the sophomore, so they're, let's call them 20 years old. Right. They've spent at least probably 12 to 14 years of their life training doing this to be competitive at that level at that age right and then you get up there and uh i mean i don't care i'm not this is not even a comment about transgenderism or whatever just just the baseline lack of justice or fairness in having a human being with a man's body okay we just we could agree on that you know you i'll even say okay it's a woman if if it makes you feel better this woman with a man's body is competing against other women and he's she is beating them so unmercifully the point of there's no point there's no competitive point to it whatsoever yeah, it's not even a sport anymore it's That's just right. watching so in in a similar way and and I'm sure you know whatever but people be upset to hear it but but when the chinese sent women with man's bodies because they had juiced them up so high you know that they were you know, do using steroids and all that kind of oh, stuff. We, right. we kicked them out. Right, right. And the same thing that the, uh, like the East Germans used to do. Yeah, right? yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, we didn't let them compete because right. it's not fair. No, it's not fair. It's not fair. You cheated. Right. You came here with stuff that wasn't, right. isn't so, part of the deal. Well, it's funny you say that because I had forgotten about that. So you take a, 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 a human being with a woman's body. Yeah. But you give you that human alter being, it. alter it to make it more masculine mm-hmm. through hormones or however they do that. Right. And that, that, that alteration gives them a competitive advantage. Massive. Well, massive competitive advantage. Now it's no longer fair, so we don't allow that. Right. However, some human being already has a male's body, right. doesn't require any changes whatsoever, <laughs> right. walks in and says, well, I'm a woman, or like, oh, okay then. Sound, sounds good. Okay then. That's fair then. So, and, and so to kind of, not, not to bring it around in a conclusionary way, but to bring it around because I'm trying to connect all these dots too is... It feels like that some of this is a result of the fact that we have outsourced so much that's, decision making that's why I brought to it up. everybody else, that's right? Wh- that's why I brought it up. Yeah. So if I was the father well, of the one experts. of these girls, I'm like, well, who, who where, you know, where is the, who gets to decide this actually? <laughs> Like, I, is there like, a governing body say, here? Well, well, you know, the experts say that that, that trans. I'm like, I well, I don't yeah. care. Yeah, and? actually, yeah, you know, I this is just, and you know, the funny thing about it is, the whole thing is dependent upon meekness, because if 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 the Cornell women's swim team would get up on the blocks, yeah, and this dude gets on the block and they just step off the block, right, all right. of them, we're gonna wait till he's done and then we'll go, and then we'll go, <laughs> yeah, all it takes is one, right. Well, all, all, it's like a dancing idiot on a hill, if you will. It is like the dancing yeah. idiot on a hill. So it takes one person to say, one person simply to have the guts. Yeah, to say no. Or the common sense to say, this is wrong. It is an emperor's new, uh, no, you know, emperor's right. new clothes uh, deal. Right. We all, I mean, everyone has just sat around stupidly, gaping open, complicit, going, aren't those, that's beautiful. Well, they've outsourced. Right. Their common sense and decision making 
to meteorologist Jim. Meteorologist Jim's of the of the of the gender equity world, and you don't have to be a smart or nuanced person to see that this is a baseline wrong. And where it ultimately leads is there are no women's sports. There's no sports. In fact, I'm going to say in the Ivy League swim conference or whatever you call it, there actually isn't a conference. It's just this dude. <laughs> right? It's just this dude. If no one else can even come close, right. then... Right. Yeah. I mean, he hadn't lost a single... A, I'm sure not. I mean, yeah. I, you see pictures of him, he's... Even now, he's he's a he's a guy. I mean, just let me ask another question. It's a little bit different, it's right? Befuddling to me. And well, what if so? I, uh, you know, I've recently begun uh, swimming because that's the right. uh, the sport that I am allowed to do, and and by golly, we will persist. But uh, if I stepped in there, you know, outish of shape because I haven't worked out in long, you know, whatever. But I'm old. I'm clearly not a swimmer. I'm doing good to not drown from end to end of that pool a few times. Is it the same answer? It, I mean, clearly, I'm going to lose my shirt. Is it the same? Is it the same problem? No. Okay. And that's my point, right? Is that because we? Well, okay. Explain. How about that? Explain. Well, it it's it's not the same problem because whatever competitive advantage you have for being a man is far overwhelmed by the fact that you're. I built, couldn't swim my way out of a paper. Built pen. like a racquetball court. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I am built to sink. Yeah, trust so, me. I and you're 45 years old. And, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so and but and the only reason I kind of bring that up as the example uh, to some degree is because I say, in case anyone's thinking to themselves that this is somehow against men or you know or against transgenderism or against whatever, because if I say it's against unfairness, it's against unfairness. Unfairness. It's against the fact that we will willingly sit and watch something that is tragically unfair and ridiculous an abomination yeah and just let it happen right. just watch it go and I, go you know well i guess that's what i don't is. understand why he wants to do it oh you don't no i really don't i mean if if i love winning the, the only person i understand in this scenario and only slightly is the coach <laughs> only right, cause slightly because it, it can be like hey man i'm right i'm undefeated now i don't think i would do it because i think it's just has an incredible lack of integrity, but yeah. I mean, I can get it. But what do you get as a man competing against women and beating them by 30, 40 seconds? It, I mean, what are you getting out of that? Well, I so, was, so for example, yeah, when I was stationed in Germany in the mid eighties, we had a, a German American football was becoming hugely popular. Sure. And, and all these towns in Germany, they started, they had uh, German, they had American football teams. Okay. Yeah. But they hadn't grown up with football. Right, so that, yeah, it's yeah not, so it was basically guys who played soccer and uh -huh. you know rugby, trying to kind of transfer football, some skills. Right. Yeah, so you know because there was Americans, so many Americans stationed there, uh, they would get American coaches. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like so, I coached a friend of mine, and and I coached uh, the team that were in my town. We were in this particular conference, and there was uh, we had a lot of Americans who had played high school football, and we had mm -hmm. several who played college football, and we we're also grown men, right? Sure. So um, they were on the team. Uh, you could have as many Americans on a, on a team as you wanted, mm -hmm. but you could only have two on the field at any given time. Okay. And every American in the league had to have a big black A on his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds funny, right? It does sound funny. <laughs> so, you know, you would, let's say you had 40 guys on the team, 30, uh -huh. 30 Germans and 10 Americans, right? Right, right. You would play your two Americans, and you'd always have your two, right? Because the other team would have two. But if you had three, uh -huh. you would win by a hundred points. 
Really? Because it was just the, it was it's, overwhelming. It's it, it and it and it wasn't their size or speed. The, the, the Germans really, were bigger and faster. It was two on two. It was the fact that they hadn't grown up with the, the competitive advantage. That's what I'm saying. Provided so, to the Americans. Effectively, it's two on two. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. It's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like why Americans get their asses handed to them in soccer in world. Right. You know, we don't grow up with the game. Right. Right. You know, and maybe it's different now in Germany because maybe they grew up with the game. Sure. But you take a kid, an American kid, who was born in the early '60s, and he grows up. He plays football. Maybe goes and plays college football someplace. And he's 26 years old. He's in the army. And he's six foot two, 230 pounds. Right. That dude is a freaking wrecking machine yeah, on a football he, he, field <laughs> with a bunch of guys who have never, who played, never played football. football. Yeah. Right? Now they got all the gear and right, right. all that stuff. But, you can look like right. what you want. Yeah. So we yeah. played an exhibition against uh, one time, I remember this, against the Swiss okay. national champions. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, my buddy and I were waiting. I mean, we met the bus when they drove up. Now, uh, folks, as you're listening, uh, Dave is not a professional football player. No. Just, just so we're clear. I, you right? know, I was a high school football player. So yeah. anyway, yeah. so my, and I didn't play. I was a coach. Yeah, fair. So uh, my buddy and I are, are waiting for the bus, the Swiss national team to get uh-huh. on. Uh-huh. And the bus pulls up and the doors open and these guys get off and they are, I mean, massive. Big big boys. I mean, our, our line was maybe... 210, 230 pounds, you know, in that yeah. range. They're, yeah. We were big-ish, but we yeah. weren't. But these they, are like 300-pounders. They were huge. Monsters. They were huge. Uh, and they look very athletic. And uh, like, I, I said to my buddy, I was like, man, we're just going to get crushed yeah, we're here. Gonna get killed. This is bad. And uh, we get out on the field, uh-huh. and, um, you know, the two, two, two teams line up. I was like, we beat them 56 to nothing. <laughs> Right, because we had two Americans. They had two Americans. Yeah, you know, we had a guy, uh, and it's funny because he does F three now. He's in Fort Worth. Oh no way! Yeah, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Kerry Knoll. And I'm trying to remember what we call. Oh, I mean, what's his F three? Yeah, I okay. think it's Marconi or something like okay. that. Okay, all right. I can't remember what we call him. Anyway, uh, he could throw the ball 50 yards, and I don't remember if he played college football. I know he played high school. That's football. pretty good. He had a great arm. Yeah, and. Uh, First play of the game, every game, we, he would just fade back and throw Gone. the ball over everybody's head. And these guys just and we had it. we had one guy on the team who was super fast, kid from Arkansas, and he would just streak down the field. And even if they didn't complete it, it would just shake the other team up. Yeah, because right? they're like, what in the world? Is that? We can't it would shake it. nine of the other guys up. The two Americans there, the other team were like, fine. <laughs> we won't let that happen again. Right. We'll cover that. That's right. We, yeah. we get it. That yeah. guy's got a gun. He's yeah. got a hose. <laughs> right. So anyway, we beat these Swiss guys. They had no idea. They had no yeah. antidote. Yeah. They were bigger than us. They were faster than us. Right. They were probably more athletic than us. But, the, but it they, wasn't in their DNA. They man. didn't have two guys who had been playing football their entire lives. And had seen all the things and, and known and, and, how to and, predict. And, yeah, and, and yeah. of course, the two Americans gave tremendous hope and you know to the right. nine Germans. And you know, as soon as they saw that these guys, their size and their, their speed wasn't enough to overcome the skill, you know, they just settled in and we just crushed them. So anyway, yeah. it, that's my whole point. We We... It would have been grotesquely unfair yeah. to put a third American on a field, right? Because then now, now it's three on two, and right? It would have been even, it would have been ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, it would have just right. upset the competitive balance of the game. It reminds me when they sent uh, our NBA guys in, like, what was it, the '92 Olympics, right. to play basketball. You know, and all our pros, they were like, everybody else uses pros. We're going right. to use pros. Right. <laughs> it's just right. ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was like right? a globetrotters game. That's it was right. Stupid. It, it's exactly like a globetrotters yeah. game. So um, that's that's why I say. 
of this, this to this guy. What are you getting out of it? Yeah, I, I mean, I hear you. What do you? That's fair. Well, I mean, I mean, maybe one time it'd be fun. But I'll say this: if you really, if you're at a point where you are saying to yourself, "This is my, this is my way of doing this," if that's really what it is, if it's really just a ploy for him to win, you know, or he really believes, you know, I don't know. If but if it's a ploy for him to win, then that's then that's why he's there. Man. I don't really understand. Like, I don't when, know. when I was in high school, when I was in high school. Uh, I was a freshman in high school. Our senior girls won the state championship. They, uh-huh. were, they were the best team in the state. And they we would scrimmage with them to help them. Sure. Right? Yeah. They didn't scrimmage the varsity. Boys. Right. They scrimmaged the freshmen. <laughs> right. And we would kill them. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we, they were the best team in the whole state. Right. And... But and the only reason we would kill them is because we were men or right. well boys actually or fourteen sure sure but bigger you know and they were seventeen you know, or eighteen yeah I mean it's just but it wasn't it was no there was no it was not even close right. it was right. it was and it was good for them because it made them better that's why we did it right you know it was there because yeah, if they had played the varsity team then it would have been a globetrotter game and it wouldn't yeah, have any point right but you were you were young enough at that point and unskilled enough that enough. it was it was enough. just that much better that right. it made them better right yeah right. And yeah. and and but it but it still wasn't a competition. It wasn't a competition. It was close-ish. Sure. But we didn't walk out of there going, yeah, we beat. You know, we didn't. It wasn't. Nah, you know, and it wasn't satisfying in any way. Right. It was just we were performing a service, right? Right. And so I just don't really even understand what's gotten into yeah. the head of this guy, where he thinks that this is anything other than an odd social experiment that's harming. Like harming these girls, and that's my yeah, point to, to, he, to bring yeah. it back around. Of course, he's a young guy, and yeah, and he's been he's been filled with a with goo, <laughs> right? with a hose, with a, yeah. a goo hose his whole yeah. life. So for him, you know, this is fine. But I, I, it's the people that I really don't get. Yeah, dark are the coaches on the other teams, right? And I don't get the fathers of the girls on the other teams. I do not understand how they possibly just stand by and let that happen. Yeah. That, uh, well, again, that emperor's new clothes kind of. I mean, it is. It is. This is the big, the big issue, right? And and this is why meteorologist Jim is part of the part of the minivan centurion credo, right? Uh, because the danger that we find ourselves in, the more that we have done this, and and now we're seeing the fruit of this massive outsourcing of decision making. Of thinking through things and going, something's not right. Something's I will right. stand up, right? Because because we're not seeing it. We, you know, it's the <laughs> the the protesters are out, and a counter protester comes and kind of in jest. They break his sign and assault him. And as he holds the shard of his broken sign, they say, "Look, he's got a weapon." <laughs> no, I was saw that. You know, I, but I saw the, that because we, because nobody is allowed to go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is the most ridiculous thing we've ever heard in our lives. Everybody go home. Enough. All you people who are walking out and acting like idiots, you're all fired. You don't get to walk out. That's not how this works. You know, I, Maybe that's not the right thing to do because I don't know employment law, right? But, um, but, but, but the point being that because we've outsourced it for so long, that that's, that's, this is where we are, right? Is we're not making decisions. We're not thinking things through. We're not looking at the, the, what's fair and just and right. Which is a, a, a why this chapter is included in the medieval centurion is that that is not what a centurion would do. Yeah. That is not what a minivan centurion does. A minivan centurion says, I am responsible for what happens around here. Yeah. You know, I mean, I am responsible for the outcome 
and I'm going to do the right thing in a compromised adventure sure. that I'm in. When I see the things that are unjust, when I see the things that are damaging to others in a group kind of, you know, right. way or whatever, I think I'd be calling the coach. I say, you know, I had a daughter on Cornell's swim team calling the coach saying, what's going on? Yeah, help me out here. And if he said, well, you know, uh, powers that be and blah de blah I'd say to my daughter, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but if I were you, I wouldn't swim. Yeah, we we could find an alternate program for we'll you to find swim something. with. We'll, we'll yeah. go ahead and get you to go to the Big Ten or something. I don't know. Right. And that, you know, and I kinda... Some guy out there has got his kid at Cornell, and he's like, easy for you to say. I'm like, <laughs> but, but, sure. Yeah, but... Sure. You know, fair. There's an argument to be had. And I mean argument in a good way. You you know, you tell me why that's not the right thing to do. But that's what I'm saying. But, you know, here's the thing, and, and, and this is where my kids get frustrated with me sometimes or, or look – or I shouldn't say they get frustrated, but they kind of smile and, and nod now because they know. But uh, – yeah, it's easy for me to say, and it's also easy for me to do. It's it's not as hard as everyone wants to make it seem like it is. And the fact of the matter is, is that they know my kids know anyway. And 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 I would say this: if I'm thinking about myself and what is best for me, then yeah, maybe it's a tough decision. Maybe it's a tougher decision. But if I'm thinking about, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. as a centurion, as a man with responsibility for those around me, the communities that I live in and serve. We, this decision cannot cannot stand. This decision cannot right. be made. It will not. I can't stand for it. And they know. Like my kids know. Like, you know, it, it is easy. And, and I will stand up. And it will. And sometimes it will not benefit them personally, you know, uh, in some way. But if it's the right thing to do for the whole group and it's going to hold the middle, uh, that's the compromise we have to that's make. That's the compromise you have to make. As my company commander used to say, when I was a young platoon leader, somebody's got to be in charge around here, and I am that somebody. I am that somebody. Who's who's the commander? What's he? What do you always say? The, who's commander? Headquarters? Headquarters? <laughs> second, fourth infantry. <laughs> I am that somebody. I mean, that's the way you say that. That's right. Well, because he's give you all these uh, you know pithy aphorisms. I guess uh-huh. that's redundant. These aphorisms, right? That uh, you could that were handy and easy to remember. You right. Know? And then like, right. you're around a guy, and then. You know, two months later, I'm like, who's who's a platoon leader, a scout platoon, a headquarters, headquarters company? I am that somebody. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when, oh, I, yeah. when I try yeah, a case, you know, who's representing the defendant? No. If that's my client, I said, I am that somebody. Yeah. I am I am responsible for the outcome of this trial on behalf of this particular client at, in this session mm-hmm. of Mecklenburg County Superior Court, and I'm going to try the heck out of it. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to be waiting in the back seat for some expert to tell me what should I do next. Don't have some kind of jury expert telling me, Doctor Phil whispering in my ear, you know. Right. Uh, I am that somebody, and that to me is agency. That's yeah. what leadership is all about. And when I see these things happening across the country, where men are just kind of riding in the back seat of the minivan, wait, wait and wait, see what happens. Wait, fat tedding it. Fat tedding it. Putting putting on putting out in our front yard, putting out a, a, a yard sign with all their utopian beliefs on mm-hmm. them and thinking that equates to action. I did my part. It's like, you know, what would you do if you saw a hurricane come to put a sign out on the yard that said, hurricane isn't going to hit this house. That's right. <laughs> Hurricane's not welcome. Hurricane's not welcome here. <laughs> That's funny. It's exactly what they would do, right? Hurricane not welcome. Uh, <laughs> I said, That's dumb the, I think you should take that sign and put more energy in putting up, you know, yeah. like boards over the windows. Yeah, I was say, you might want to get a wood sign whatever, and uh, nail that up here. Whatever, yeah. whatever you do. But that is really the natural out, you know, the yeah. outcome of 
men abdicating becoming comfortably numb it's like yeah. well i feel like doing something i'll put up a sign or i'll hashtag something right. tweet something. how right. about you go do something here's a fun idea yeah how about you how about you do something yeah how about you decide for yourself get all the information you can possibly gather sit down and make the best possible decision you can make and live with the consequences and not whine about it yeah how about that here's yeah here's a novel how, idea how, how about that how about that yeah what is it you say you do around here yeah what, what yeah. is it what, what is your actual purpose here yeah <laughs> my friend so uh i don't want to <clears throat> i'm going to turn it around a little bit than our from our normal right do you see i wore my uh i wore my ride the thunder shirt today. i noticed you were wearing a ride the thunder shirt yeah well i noticed that you mentioned it and uh and so on uh, Twitter or something the other day, and so I was like, "Hey, uh, I don't. Well, I didn't know if you knew, but I had already I had purchased this Ride the Thunder shirt because it was but on where sale. Where did you get it? It's from the Art of Manliness. Art of Manliness. That's yeah, right. Yeah, Art of Manliness. Yeah, Doctor Brett McKay. Although I don't know if he's a hey, doctor. He's a, a lawyer, but he no, never then he is a doctor. Well, we're not allowed to call ourselves that. I know, but he's a, still a doctor of jurisprudence. Right? Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, so good. You know, whatever. Um, so uh, he he put this and he, he put the ride the thunder out there, and I thought that sounded pretty cool. And right. then I, and then I realized or, or understood from whatever he wrote that it was a Teddy Roosevelt uh, deal. So I'm about to take a page out of the of another podcast that we both know and love, the COT podcast, which is an F3 podcast, uh, and give you a little quote worth repeat. Of. Oh, okay. You like that? You can do it in the voice. Go. Uh, nah, just go ahead. No, I'm yeah, not. <laughs> made me think for a second though. But you, you're familiar with the uh, the Teddy Roosevelt, uh, you man know, man in the arena, yeah, thing, man yeah. in the arena, not sure. the critic who counts and, oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Right? Of course not. So it always ends. Uh, everyone always ends that with you know something about the cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Right. 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 And that's where they end it. Right. But the ride the thunder comes in after that, and it says the man who does nothing, which is who we're talking about. Right. right? The fat Teds and the guys who've meteorologists gymmed their lives away. So the man who does nothing cuts the same sordid figure in the pages of history, whether he be a cynic or fop or voluptuary. Fop. A fop. Voluptuary. That's <laughs> well, great. These are Teddy Roosevelt. It's old, yeah, old language, great. right? Yeah. Old language. Hey, fop. Hey, you are such a fop. There is little use for the being whose tepid soul knows nothing of great and generous emotion, of high pride, the stern belief the lofty enthusiasm of the men who quell the storm and ride the thunder. I like it. Solid, right? And that's why I'm changing your F3 nickname to, to Thunder to Jockey. Thunder. <laughs> hey, will you do me a favor? <laughs> will you ride, call me a Thunder Jockey? We ride the thunder. <laughs> but I read, but I, it was funny, you know, because I read that and, and I wasn't going to read that today necessarily. Sure. But, um, but, but you're you wearing your ride the thunder I was wearing shirt. my ride the thunder shirt because yeah. you commented on it. But, right. But, um, when we just start talking about men doing nothing, you know, that's what it made me think of. And, and I thought, man, if there's, there, there's probably, this is as minivan a centurion sentiment as there is to me that, uh, so the, uh, to, to turn it around on you and say, Hey man, can I, can I come alongside you? Will you come with me and, and quell the storm and ride the thunder? I don't know if I can quell the storm, but I'll ride the dang thunder. Boy, I tell you storm, what. <laughs> storm is outside my control. Fair. But, but, Fair. I'll, but, I'll, but I'll ride the thunder if you will love your family and protect it. Will you do that? Oh, absolutely. Anything well, else you want me to do? I also want you to be an asset to your community. I can't help but be otherwise. And you join the fight to hold the middle? you damn right. All right, then you got to face the radio. Nah, it's a podcast. It is. It is. Thunder thief. <laughs> You've been listening to the Minivan Centurion. If you liked it, share it, rate it, and review it. Then join us every week while we talk about what it's going to take to fulfill our duty as men and leaders. 
You were made for these times. The road will be rough, but you're up to the task. You don't fight alone. You fight alongside centurions. Thank you.